Hey, 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 everybody. How are you all guys doing? Welcome to the Wimper Podcast, where we talk about all the goofy stuff related to space, astronomy, deep tech, AI, and a lot more to learn about which you won't find much in a conventional form of education. Our today's guest is Vatsal Soratia. He is an aerodynamics and missile engineer at DRDO and has pursued his education from Defense Institute of Advanced Technology. This has been one of the most technical and deep conversations I have had till now. So yeah, if you have a focused and productive time listening to it, I'll be happy. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Wimper Podcast. Uh, so, I'll be starting off with the questions right away. Uh, we have Vatsal Soratia here. He's a missile engineer uh, at DRDO. So, can you discuss some of the challenges associated with deploying and maintaining military assets in space? Okay, first of all, thank you so much for inviting in your podcast. So, <clears throat> okay. So first of all, uh, the question you asked that uh, is there any problem or what kind of challenges for deploying this kind of military assets in the space? So okay, so this is totally a future thing, right? Mm-hmm. The world uh, currently is working on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they obviously there are many major challenges in that. But uh, before going on that, we have to discuss about what why it is required, right? What is the need? Why we want to deploy our military assets in the space, right? So basically, nowadays the countries are trying to deploy the ballistic missile defense on the space. This is the most priority thing on which uh, many countries are working about, right? So the nowadays in territorial defense system, the problem is the major uh, problem is facing when intercepting the ballistic missiles, right? Now, what is the ballistic missiles? Ballistic missile is nothing but we can divide its trajectory in the three phase, right? So I'm trying to explain what is the need. Mm-hmm. So basically, it is important to understand what is the ballistic missiles, right? So we can divide ballistic missile trajectory in the three phases: uh, extreme height of endo-atmospheric. Second phase, it is in exo-atmospheric. And the third phase, uh, warhead directly come from exo-atmospheric to inner atmospheric. So the problem is facing in the third phase when this uh, when this warhead has extreme high velocity it is about a 20 to 24 mac number it is a very high velocity to intercept and it is a very challenging task so uh, nowadays the country are trying to intercept this ballistic missile in the exoatmospheric stage itself right because in exoatmospheric stage this missile has a comparatively low velocity mm-hmm. so it is easy so it is for easy for this defense system to intercept those missiles so exo-atmosphere right. is like above stratosphere or is it below stratosphere? I think it's above, right? It's above, yeah. 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 So in, in, in the exosphere, you are saying that um, uh, the velocity has to be low so that uh, we, we are able to maintain the tra- trajectory of the missile, right? But yes, yes. If, I, if I, I mean, it's, it's more of a physics problem than an engineering problem, I guess. 
so if i take it this way that the velocity is uh, low but and the air pressure definitely is also going to be low because the amount of air above the stratosphere is uh, comparatively low right or yeah uh the, the there's low pressure above there so uh uh if you keep the velocity if you keep the velocity low uh, doesn't it have uh, uh the threat of coming down uh, i mean coming down before the main trajectory or m- maybe uh, going to the wrong target how do you solve that no <clears throat> actually uh, it has guidance system right mm-hmm. because because in exo atmosphere uh, there is no uh, there is no air pressure mm-hmm. right there is a vacuum mm-hmm. so for so for control surface which is mm-hmm. controlling the missiles uh, mm-hmm. the control surface means as in aeroplane there is mm-hmm. elevator aileron rudder mm-hmm. right so this uh, this type of control system also there in the missiles right so for working uh, for working of that air pressure is need- needed we can call it a dynamic pressure dynamic mm-hmm. pressure is needed Mm. but in exo atmosphere there is a vacuum so there mm. is no dynamic pressure and control surfaces are not able to controlling mm. the missiles so at that stage there is some uh, thrust vector controlling system mm. right mm-hmm. in in uh, this type of control system just deviate the direction of thrust right there is no any control surface nothing they are just directing the thrust of this uh, target and mm. uh, maintaining its trajectory Right. So it's or, or it completely yeah. computerized, I guess. It it can't be done manually. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. It is totally automated guidance system. Mm-hmm. Tra- trajectory already fixed in that computer. And if, why are we when why are we using uh, exosphere when there when where there is no atmosphere instead of using uh, the atmosphere with air because uh, doesn't it have the threat of getting out of the uh, out of the atmosphere at probably reaching or. or getting into orbital in in the orbit of the earth by i mean maintaining orbital velocity or something no actually look uh, there is a two point the first of all the logic behind why this missile goes in the exhaust atmosphere is the drag reduction mm-hmm. right because in exhaust atmosphere is, i to, uh, i told you that there is no uh, air pressure or atmosphere it is totally vacuum mm-hmm. so so missile missile will not facing any drag so right so your mm-hmm. drag will be totally vanished at that portion so automatically ro- your range will be increased mm-hmm. right so this is the logic right if 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 uh, there is some cruise missiles also there right cruise missile is cruising below the atmosphere i mean in the atmosphere mm-hmm. but the range is comparatively very less compared to the ballistic missiles right yeah we have heard that uh, india have brahmos missile right mm. and um, we have we have many cruise missile right so this type of missile is cruising in that atmosphere mm. right but the ballistic missiles like uh, agni missiles prithvi missiles right this mm. type of missile is ballistic missiles and the trajectory is like as i told you first of all they in launching phase and they goes into the exhaust atmosphere and they turn back into the atmosphere towards the target mm. so that's why its name suggests trajectory ballistic ballistic trajectory means parabolic trajectory hmm. right we have studied in physics i mean yeah. 11 12 yeah so I mean, this is the I parabolic mean, right now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. so yeah so we come on come on to the point your mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. so now the country tried to intercept those missiles in exo atmosphere directly mm. when it has a low, it has a low cap a low velocity 
Hmm. Right. And it has also limited maneuvering capacity. Hmm. Right. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to set up their air defense in space. Mm-hmm. And when their satellite uh, detect that some missile is coming into the exhaust atmosphere or towards our country through mm-hmm. their exhaust atmosphere, right? So they directly intercept those missiles from launching their interceptor from the space and directly vanish it in exhaust atmosphere. Mm-hmm. They will not let it to come into the atmosphere, mm-hmm. right? So this is the basic logic why they are trying to deploy their ballistic missile defense in the space hmm. right because because nowadays what happened uh, uh, in uh, if you if you goes in the 70s and 90s era na, mm-hmm. at that type of ballistic missiles it is direct come into the parabolic trajectory as i told you mm-hmm. but in modern era's missile it it, uh, it is not directly come into the parabolic when it comes back into the endo atmosphere they they have capability to change the trajectory and become unpredictable hmm. so it when your trajectory is totally unpredictable na, at that time defense system face major problem to intercept it mm-hmm. right. Pre- previously what happened a target is directly under the parabolic trajectory once radar detect the missile na, it will calculate mm-hmm. the its trajectory then how do you then how do you maintain the simple simplest of miscalculations for example if i say that the well, uh, that the tra- trajectory through which the missile is going something li- really small let's say a bird comes into its path how do you solve that those kind of problems would it, would the missile burst in the air itself or would it just surpass through or maintain something what is it what is no, it missile yeah. missile has a t- right and it does not have any so uh, as i as, as i told you when missile mm-hmm. comes in right mm-hmm. at the time it has a tremendous velocity mm-hmm. right and and missile doesn't have any moving parts like aircraft and like aircraft yeah. has engine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so in terms of uh, in uh, if we consider the aircraft scenario hmm. so aircraft has engine and it has a moving parts like turbine hmm. blades and rotors and all hmm. right so it it has a huge impact when the bird eating is occurred hmm. right but in case of missile missile has a tremendous velocity it's just surpassing those kind of obstacles okay right hmm. it doesn't have any moving parts and also it's not a problem hmm. and then what what is the phenomena in which the missile or the whole barrel of the missile uh, it uh, moves in a circular it, it it rotates in a circular orbit like on its own on its own axis uh, while it's going through the air so what is that uh, if if it's not moving technically if you're saying uh, no actually it uh, if means missile is unstable on its roll axis mm-hmm. right uh, roll mm-hmm. axis if i say is uh, i mean is rotating around in x axis if we mm-hmm. consider if we consider the missile cylinder as the x axis mm-hmm. right and if your missile is rotating around that axis then mm-hmm. it is i mean we can say it is unstable around that axis mm-hmm. and uh, it it will create a huge problem so generally missile is stable on that axis and it will not rotate okay okay otherwise it it will create a problem and your missile will be lost its control mm mm-hmm. Okay, I'll be moving on to the next question that I have. Uh, what developments in space-based weapon systems do you see on the horizon? Uh, yes, uh, if I'm talking about, right, so first step towards the space-based system is uh, now many countries in the world like uh, USA, Russia, China, mm-hmm. and uh, proudly say India. We mm-hmm. are developing the anti-satellite missiles. Mm-hmm. Right? Just a few years back, India tested his uh, mission Sakti. 
Mm-hmm. in which we in which we uh, successfully intercepted the satellite placed in the leo i mean lower earth orbit yeah right so nowadays many country has this capability to intercepting the satellites which is placed in or uh, cruising in the lower earth orbit mm-hmm. so this is the first step towards the space based system and uh, uh, world now started working on that and somewhat mm-hmm. of success we have already got yeah right but uh, america and russia is one more step ahead like uh, they have a space based early warning systems mm. right they, so they can a, prevent uh, they mean, can prevent basically than curing the thing yeah actually mm. they have a cluster of satellites yeah. right in space mm. and this kind of uh, satellites is continuously cruising in the polar uh, polar orbit of the axis right and they mm. are cruising all over the world yeah suppose uh, uh, suppose some country launched their ballistic missiles right mm-hmm. so at the at the time of launching usa got to know that uh, some country launched their ballistic missile systems and they earlier uh, prepared for that yeah they have that much of huge capability mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so they have clusters of satellite in the space uh, which is uh, working as a space based early warning systems mm-hmm. right so america and russia is beat ahead in that race Hmm. but uh, nowadays many countries are working on that right as i as we discussed that uh, uh, space based uh, missile defense systems mm-hmm. right but here the problem is if you if you even if you develop that system na mm-hmm. then many countries has that counter counter measure systems mm-hmm. like as as, a, as just we discussed that uh, many countries has these anti satellite weapons mm-hmm. once you once you destroy the channel of enemies uh, that satellite na then mm-hmm. your all the defense system will be fail mm-hmm. right they mm-hmm. will be blind totally blind if your satellites mm-hmm. are not working they will be blind yeah so if if we, so if you just want to counter the space based system then you just need to uh, i mean when is their satellites mm-hmm. once their satellite is finished all the other rest of the system will be blind mm-hmm. so there is uh, many uh, i mean I, we can say many challenges in that it is not that much of easy right mm-hmm. so yeah currently work is going on but uh, let's see uh, how far it will be goes yeah okay uh, so how is the defense sector working with private companies and other organizations to advance space technology especially in india uh, look uh, just few years back uh, india started to collaborate with private sectors and uh, hopefully nowadays many startups are uh, startups working on the space technologies also mm-hmm. and uh, isro is also helping helping them and providing their facilities for uh, research and development mm-hmm. right uh, that uh, recently in ahmedabad uh, there is one meeting in which uh, they decided that isro is now helping many startups which are mm-hmm. working on space and technology mm-hmm. so it is good for india that uh, nowadays uh, Uh, india i mean government started to helping the private sectors mm-hmm. right and uh, as we know that uh, skyroot aerospace already tested their rocket it is our private firm right a startup firm so with uh, help of isro they successfully test this first rocket so yeah in that manner now our startup is growing in in that uh, in the space way mm-hmm. right and government is also helping and providing the facilities isro's facilities isro's retired scientists is also consult them mm-hmm. right so yeah nowadays it seems to be good that uh, our private sector is also growing in this sector mm-hmm. 
and with collaborating with isro mm-hmm. so it is good sign for india and uh, our uh, one more uh, one two or three more uh, private startup firms like agnikul uh, cosmos is there mm-hmm. like they are they are also on verge of launching their first rocket mm-hmm. so yeah it will be a good sign we will get in the future yeah okay uh, i saw a very well created video on the engineering of a super advanced american jet called the f35b on youtube what according to you is the closest or the best possible sky defense jet technology india has when it comes to comparing that okay look f35b is the one of the most advanced fighter jet in the world i can mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. and if you go if you goes one more step up then i can say f22 raptor raptor is the best aircraft in the world so nowadays so like is it fast because i mean raptor is faster or is it actually like better equipped no it it has all the capability right the first of all it has a huge engine huge twin engine it mm-hmm. uh, i mean i can say it has the most powerful engine in the world mm-hmm. right so yeah and uh, it has a capability of super cruising like super cruising i can uh, i can explain is that mm-hmm. uh, like more uh, when normal plane is cruising right fighter jets Mm-hmm. so this so this aircraft can cruising on supersonic speed mm-hmm. for a certain time period like mm-hmm. not every aircraft has this type of capability that it is super cruising at yeah. uh, more than mach number 1 mm-hmm. right i mean in supersonic mm-hmm. so first of all it has this huge capability that it is cruising at, at uh, supersonic reason mm-hmm. then uh, uh, another thing which it has some good thing it has i mean we can say is more electrically advanced mhm right mm-hmm. it has so how do you say that uh, like uh, uh, yeah mm-hmm. i mean it has uh, uh, i mean it has a more advanced in autopiloting okay right mm-hmm. right uh, like uh, like it has uh, everything it has automatic system like t- target approaching systems mhm right it has uh, helmet mounted displays mhm yeah advanced helmet yeah mm-hmm. yeah advanced helmet mounted displays it has Mm-hmm. then it has uh, the capability which is the most is that uh, i mean stealth capability mm-hmm. it has a most advanced stealth, cap- stealth capability in the world i mean mm-hmm. uh, it uh, you cannot capture this aircraft in the radar okay so right? what do you mean by stealth Ste- i mean i saw that video that said that stealth doesn't technically mean uh, that the radar wouldn't be able to capture the uh, plane but it rather said that the radar would delay uh, its capturing like the position where the craft is it would be it would not be able to ca- capture it accurately it would rather delay so that is what f35b is able to do i think rafale is better that, at stealth than f35b i guess i don't know but uh, yeah what do you mean by stealth in this case okay so i can explain you uh, mm-hmm. what is the stealth uh, we can deploying stealth technology in two ways okay the first one is a physical approach and second one is a chemical approach mm-hmm. right so in physical approach uh, usa already uh, already applied those two cases in different different aircrafts mm-hmm. right so first one i tell you that physical approach in which they making the aircraft in such a geometry that when radars radar wave is coming right and uh, impart on that aircraft it will direct in different different directions mm, right it yeah. will scattered it will scattered mm. 
uh, what is the radar's basic working principle is mm. radar wave goes right mm. impart on uh, some uh, obstacle and come mm. back to the uh, receiver right yeah so tra tra transmitter send those radar frequencies they uh, they mm. collide with some object and return back mm. and received uh, received by receivers right yeah. so when this so when this stealth technology do is when this uh, radar frequency comes and strike mm. on that aircraft Mm. it will it will not let that uh, uh, radar frequency go back to that radar uh, receiver mm -hmm. they will scatter they will scatter the radar wave in a different different directions mm -hmm. that radar receiver can't detect it okay mm. right it, uh, if you seen that uh, america america has a, a nighthawk f117 nighthawk aircraft yeah mm. it it has some uh, like corner like geometry it has mm. a many corner mm -hmm. geometry yeah mm. Right. So, so the, this con, uh, this corner thing is doing the same thing. They will mm. uh, redirect this uh, radar frequency in a different direction. Mm. So the radar receiver can't can't detect it or can't get it. Mm. Right. And the second so, one. So, like, uh, why can't it detect it? Is it because uh, the the strength of the frequency because it is spreading out in every direction possible? Uh, so, is it going? Is it happening because the strength of the frequency has reduced, or is it because uh, the signals are coming from all the way, uh, and hence uh, you are not able to direct that uh, direction it it's coming from? What is it? About? No, actually, the okay. So, problem is radar receiver has some uh, capacity, right? That mm -hmm. uh, some at at some angle, right? Mm -hmm. The uh, what uh, what is the turnback uh, turnback signals coming mm -hmm. uh, coming towards the receiver? Na? Mm -hmm. it is not like that. Uh, receiver can able to detect uh, signals from three sixty degree, mm -hmm. right? it uh, it has some approach angle capacity mm -hmm. right uh, like 70 degree or 80 degree mm -hmm. if some uh, radar frequency turn back in this uh, in this type of area right uh, at a 70 degree angle or 80 degree angle then only it can detect it mm -hmm. right if some if some frequency is coming from 120 degree or 150 uh, 50 50 degree then this receiver can't detect it right mm -hmm. so every receiver has some approach angle capacity mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so yeah. because of the uh, yeah, so because of this uh, uh, radar wave scattered in all the direction, only few few only few radar receiver can detect. Mm -hmm. Right, a and it will display on the radar like a small bird bird kind of thing, not even a yeah. small. It, it mm -hmm. is totally invisible kind of thing. Right. Okay. So you're saying it's invisible to the eye of human. Why can't the computer yes. detect it? Even if it's a even if it's a really small thing, indistinguishable. Yeah, because radar detects some of the angle, na, which is coming in the approach angle limitation. Yeah. Right. If I giving you example that uh, uh, radar frequency deflect from aircraft and almost ten 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 ten, uh, ten signals are coming in from that. Mm. Right. So from ten signals, only three mm. it can detect. Mm -hmm. Right. The rest of the seven will scatter in all possible direction. Mm -hmm. So this. So the strength of this three signal is very less. Mm. So this, uh, the physics physics of the radar system it will calculate the strength of the returning signal, mm -hmm. right? If it detects all ten signals, then it has some it it has a potential high potential signals and it will detect in that uh, something big is coming out on the on its display. You have you seen that uh, dot kind of thing? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen movies. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is limitation. When it uh, when it can detect only three signals, na, then uh, that potential energy is very less. 
and okay. it will shows like a very very invisible kind of dot on that screen mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. okay and the second second one is i uh, coating approach right mm-hmm. in uh, which is used in this f22 raptor f35b Mm-hmm. so this is the radar absorbing materials right basically mm. which is placed on the aircraft body okay right so so this kind of chemical is doing what when radar energy comes now it absorbs all the radar frequencies right mm. all the radar absorb all the radar signals it absorbs okay so when when a receiver can't detect anything then what it will show nothing mm-hmm. okay yeah mm. so it is a, it is much effective technology nowadays this is radar mm-hmm. absorbing material coating uh-huh. okay so you're saying uh, the body of the craft itself has um, as a material that uh, absorbs the frequency of whatever uh, it is receiving from the radar right so it is not yes. going to reflect it back in a, i mean yeah so okay, okay i get yes, it i think that's what f35b also does uh, yes yes same thing that video in, in that video yeah okay so the main question that i asked was what is the closest possible technology that india has to f35b okay okay yeah i forgot to answer that yeah, yeah. so now and nowadays india is uh, just starting runner in aircraft technology right mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we have just made our first indigenous aircraft tejas mm-hmm. right we have already done it and uh, nowadays india is working on two three more aircrafts i can mm-hmm. say uh, tejas mac 2 is already in developing and mm-hmm. then what you exactly ask is uh, we are working on amc aircraft advanced mm-hmm. medium combat aircraft which is also has a stealth capability mm-hmm. you can you can say that it is a uh, near uh, nearby of f35b mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. right so india is already working on this type of fifth generation aircraft nowadays mm-hmm. and uh, and the probable timeline is i think 2020 or 30 2029 it will be roll out okay so yeah we so we are working on this type of fifth generation aircraft also which so is so what do you mean by generation over here like what is generation you said fifth what were the 4321 what what is that okay okay so from a fourth generation uh, i can start is like a every generation has some new capability uh-huh. right so so in fourth generation the aircraft is uh, able to super cruising mm. like what i say it can yeah, uh, yeah. it can cruising on in a supersonic domain mm. right when you comes on a 4.5 generation right like mm. uh, rafal rafal is come in the 4.5 generation mm-hmm. then in 4.5 generation aircraft has uh, i mean r- uh, better radar warning systems electronic countermeasures mm-hmm. right then uh, it it has more powerful engines also mm-hmm. right this is advanced kind of thing comes in a 4.5 fifth generation aircraft mm-hmm. right in a fifth generation aircraft there will be a stealth technology which is mm-hmm. the main part of fifth generation aircraft mm-hmm. right this uh, raptor f35b and our future amc aircraft it will be comes under a fifth generation aircraft mm-hmm. right because it has a stealth capability and when these aircrafts are integrated with uh, directed energy weapon system na mm-hmm. like uh, lasers uh, laser systems yeah. or mm-hmm. direct micro microwave system then it will be called as a sixth generation aircraft okay right so nowadays uh, tejas is fifth USA, generation uh, fourth generation fourth generation okay hmm. 
yeah AM, amc yeah, advanced medium combat aircraft it will be comes under fifth generation because it has a stealth capability so so, so now, what yeah. is the difference between the 4.5 and 5 when you said that fifth is also stealth and 4.5 like rafale is also basically stealth no uh, rafale is not a purely stealth aircraft okay. right it, hmm. it 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 has aerodynamic design like a stealth i mean hmm. it is it is it has a better stealth capability but okay. it is it is not purely stealth aircraft like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can say that it is comparatively lo- it has comparatively lower strength than uh, fifth generation aircraft we can say okay. f22 yeah. raptor mm-hmm. or f55 mm-hmm. but but Ra- rafale is a uh, many advanced electronic system i can say that uh, electronic countermeasures like mm-hmm. then uh, uh, electric targeting ports mm-hmm. right Mis- radar warning better radar warning system better mm-hmm. laser warning system so mm-hmm. this kind of advanced thing the rafale has uh, hmm. which makes it for fifth generation aircraft mm-hmm. okay i'll be moving on to the next question that i have uh, so why has india lagged behind in manufacturing of jet crafts and airplanes in transition to other competitors okay as i uh, as i just told you that we are in just a starting phase hmm. right for manufacturing of aircraft it demanding a very huge amount of investment hmm. as well as demanding of a huge uh, uh, infrastructure mm-hmm. facilities all these all these things are very much necessary when you are started to developing or manufacturing the aircraft right mm-hmm. so our aircraft ecosystem is just in phase of building mm-hmm. nowadays nowadays we don't have any uh, i mean purely build eco- aircraft ecosystem mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. we are just in uh, developing phase so our aircraft manufacturing ecosystem is in developing phase mm-hmm. right as this uh, uh, just now we are started to begin with manufacturing of lca tejas yeah right mm-hmm. so with manufacturing of these tejas our aircraft building ecosystem is developing mm-hmm. right and uh, as we as we completed our tejas mat 2 variant and i uh-huh. think uh, at that stage uh, we are able to produce uh, i mean 15 to 20 aircraft per year mm-hmm. right nowadays we we doesn't have that much of capability mm-hmm. right because uh, that uh, establishing establishing of this kind of ecosystem demanding a huge resources and mm-hmm. huge funding mm-hmm. right previously uh, i don't want to go in any political matter but yeah, i can say mm-hmm. in our previous government doesn't has any interest in that okay. right they want to just import the aircraft from uh, mm-hmm. outer country i like so, uh, so, our friendly country. so in the past 10 years let's say when the government has changed now uh, so yeah. so one government has been ruling for the past 10 years what has changed then yeah hmm. so as as uh, as we can see the, hmm. they are now they are pushing our government sector as well as the private sector to work mm. in that defense sector right mm. nowadays many private firm is also working in the defense sector mm. now previously 10 years 10 years back only the government uh, only government firm which we called yeah. as psus public sector yeah. unis were working in this defense industry right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if you want to grow in this type of uh, major uh, major segment uh, then government organizations are not enough Hmm. private sector has to put their effort in this field mm-hmm. right so this th- this thing is changed then uh, changed in this past 10 years like that uh, many private companies like reliance mahindra tata are uh, 
coming in the defense sector like mm-hmm. uh, there's recent, recently tata and boeing uh, making the transport aircraft manufacturing mm-hmm. right so li- likewise mahindra is also working uh, i mean working well in this defense mm-hmm. sector right okay so this let alone let alone defense let, let alone defense be in its place why hasn't uh, why haven't these private firms started developing just uh, normal aircraft like for example passenger crafts or airplanes normal air buses why haven't they started manufacturing that let alone defense actually this thing is i mean okay so i can give you answer of that question mm. from a rocket engine development i mm. not a rocket sorry aircraft engine development yeah mm. okay so the main thing in the developing of aircraft is developing the aircraft engine mm. it is the most difficult thing you can do mm. so is right? it a, is so, it a money problem or is it an engineering problem both 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 money uh, fund, uh, funding is also the problematic uh, problematic thing and mm. technology is also problematic thing right mm. developing uh, developing a aircraft engine demanding a huge investment huge means huge yeah. right so first of all our government can able to put that much of investment in that right our we had also that kaveri engine project right but uh, it cannot produce that much of thrust that army required army or air force required mm-hmm. right in past we were trying to develop it in kaveri engine project which is i mean it is partially successful not completely successful mm. right we have gained some experience in developing the aircraft engine from that project right so nowadays government is trying to collaborate with some uh, foreign company like uh, previously they talked with rolls royce talked mm. with safran mm. and nowadays they are uh, nowadays they, they are talking with boeing for uh, mm. collaborating of uh, collaborating of our drdo and making a newly project of developing aircraft engine mm. right and uh, yeah first of all uh, so up to this i'm to- uh, i was talking about this uh, funding problem technological problem is also that much of big as same as this uh, funding problem right mm-hmm. so the main technical challenge we have faced in developing the aircraft is aircraft engine is met- a metallurgical problem right okay hmm. material because hmm. yeah so hmm. b- basically in the core of this uh, aircraft engine i mean uh, in combustion chamber the hmm. temperature is goes up to 2000 or 2500 kelvin hmm. so we must have some that kind of uh, material that can sustain that much of temperature right hmm. in combustion chamber of aircraft so this is the main technical problem we have faced up to hmm. up to this year right okay. our kaveri engine is uh, our our kaveri engine project is failed because of the this material metallurgical problem hmm. because till till now we are not able to develop that uh, that much of capable material which can sustain that much of temperature right hmm. so basically basically we have faced the technical challenge in the aircraft combustion chamber or we can say aircraft core part so this is the major technical problem we have faced till now Okay. so this is also this is also problematic thing that's why we are col- try to collaborating with some foreign companies so are we not able to find these materials or whatever compounds or elements that we need from ores or is it the problem that we are just not able to form these things is it a problem of not a- a- able to extract material or is it the engineering problem that we are not able to make no, the thing itself no it it is not a natural material like 
What, for example, out, let's say what? tungsten, right? Tungsten has, uh, I think, around 3000 degrees of 3000 degrees centigrade of uh, melting point. Uh, so yes. that is that is uh, that is around 6000 or so Fahrenheit. And you said that you need 2500 or 2000 uh, Kelvin or something. Kelvin. So that is that is above the mark. So why can't we use materials that have really high melting points? actually they are trying to do so uh, uh, like there is a, one problem is to making that type of composite material and mm. the second one is the solidification process uh, mm. like uh, as you seen there is a turbine blade in the turbine rotor yeah mm. which is yeah which which is used in the aircraft engine right so we we must have to make that turbine blade that much of capability that it will sustain the creep and fatigue of during its working hours Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, creep. Uh, if we saying that creep is the property of material, mm-hmm. which is comes in the picture when uh, when material when material has a stress as well as mm-hmm. the temperature. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is some solidification process which will make these blades more efficient or more stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. So that so that this turbine turbine blade will sustain in this type of harsh environment in aircraft engines. Mm-hmm. Right. so there is many metallurgical challenge in that right okay. so yeah in uh, some of those we are able to uh, sort it out but many of them we are not able to sort it out okay. right hmm. okay uh, i'll be moving on to the next question that i have how has the development of satellite communication technology impacted military operations i think you already answered this questions but uh, this question I, but, yes yeah. hmm. okay <clears throat> so nowadays uh, i want to remember one scenario at the kargil war mm-hmm. right so from that you can better understand this impact how mm-hmm. this satellite communication will impact on military arsenals and all so at that time uh, at that time the enemies are behind our i mean behind the mountains right mm-hmm. so our aircraft so our aircraft can't see them at that much of height mm-hmm. so at that time we need some gps locations mm-hmm. right of that enemies mm. at that time usa denied us that we can't provide you gps exact gps location mm-hmm. so at that time we we have faced that we need some satellite uh, satellite communication or satellite uh, strategic satellite uh, i mean a uh, structure which uh, mm-hmm. which, uh, which we can help in the, this type of war scenario and all right so now the significance of these satellites on the military arsenal is that it will easily it will easy for you to communicate with your different different system simultaneously right uh, you have a different kind of uh, i mean defense systems or military arsenals in a different different region of your country right mm-hmm. so you at at time of war you have to communicate with all in a simultaneous manner right and in a proper manner so the satellite is the only thing which can do this thing right the communication uh, in war scenario you should must focus on the communication between the different different arsenals different different region different different systems mm-hmm. and the different different kinds of organizations all mm-hmm. so so the satellite cluster e- did easy the things right and the most these uh, the significant of these satellites is basically in the i can say is in defense systems i mean mm. defense uh, i mean uh, i can say is uh, aircraft defense system 
ballistic missile defense system and all kind of this defense system right mm-hmm. because without satellite without satellite we can't get any of uh, i mean i can say we can't get any guidance mm-hmm. like communicate we can't get any communications so uh, imp- uh, so uh, <clears throat> better better your satellite infrastructure better you can do in your war scenario right and that's why that's why nowadays country are trying to focus anti satellite weapon system to blind enemies countries right so from from these things you can assume that how much this satellites communication is important in war scenario right With, without without satellites you can do nothing every system is based on the satellite signal satellite communication satellite uh, locations right everything using in the military purpose or military arsenals are totally based on uh, satellites right right so our dependent dependency on satellite nowadays is too much yeah. if we, if you if you are if you are able to when is the satellite infrastructure of enemy's country now then you will dominate in your war mm-hmm. so so this much of importance is that so so you so you saying that because satellite increases connectivity uh, the importance of these these situations in which satellite clusters are present for a particular country or particular defense system is definitely way more helpful than having one, than not having one right yes yes obviously yes okay so uh, i think we are moving to uh, the last question no this is not the last question okay this is the second last question that i have for you do you think the earth is a safe place to be in it's a very vague question but yeah what is your opinion are we safe living here on earth in a defense perspective if you want to say yeah it's uh, i think it's a good question <laughs> <laughs> actually now there's uh, as we as we know that uh, today uh, world has all in world almost 8 to 9 country has uh, nuclear arsenals mm-hmm. right eight to nine country has a nuclear arsenals and if and especially if we are talking about us and russia yeah. then they, they yeah they have a huge nuclear arsenals you mm. you in huge number they have nuclear missiles yeah. atom bombs vacuum bombs all all the things they have which can destroy the earth within a seconds yeah right so yeah hopefully they will not going to use but uh, yeah but they have capability to capability of destruction of earth mm-hmm. yeah they have definitely capability they mm-hmm. definitely capable to destroy the earth within a seconds mm-hmm. right but yeah but uh, up to uh, we can predict that yeah hopefully it will not happen <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah but human has a capability of that mm-hmm. yeah any other so, yeah. any, any other any, any other form of threat that that you see come upcoming rather just not i mean if not just bombs and missiles or attacks over each other is there any other threat that you see coming or any other problem that could affect the humanity life of humanity or existence of humanity here on earth yeah prob- probably it is depend on the totally i mean uh, it, it is some kind of astrophysics question right what is going what what is going in our solar systems and all yeah right as 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 a mm-hmm. billions years back when these dinosaurs mm-hmm. vanished out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so this this type of thing hope uh, this type hopefully of things maybe maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully doesn't happen and maybe happen in so the future so don't we so do we have like capabilities let's say if, because 
if i say if i say it in a defense perspective don't we have capabilities to destroy some of the let's say asteroids that are maybe that might be coming towards us uh in space itself and hence maybe uh get away with it and be safe with that rather than just let it come and destroy the earth can't we can't, yes, yes. have something like that yeah yes yes we we human have a capability right mm-hmm. now at the first question mm-hmm. i have talked about that ballistic missiles right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so today today we have a long range of ballistic missiles right so mm-hmm. with the use of this ballistic missiles we can we can intercept this kind of asteroids if mm-hmm. it is coming towards the earth right we can definitely destroy it mm-hmm. we have a capability of that mm-hmm. yeah but it it's a limited capability it's it's not like there is uh, some uh, asteroid which has a size of half of the earth that we can't yeah. defeat yeah, right yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but mm-hmm. in a limit limited manner we can uh, we can intercept those kind of asteroids definitely for sure mm-hmm. okay uh probably the probably the last question that i have uh let we have we might have an audience because uh, we have a defense person over here so we might have an audience who might be interested in working at drdo uh, because it is a very reputed uh technology and development organization in the country so i'm just going to ask you what is it like working uh, at drdo just for an audience who wants who wish to work in in drdo at drdo in the future so yeah okay okay so as we all know that drdo is totally research based organization mm-hmm. like so so if you got a chance to work here then it is uh, use honor to you right mm-hmm. it is use mm-hmm. honor for you Mm-hmm. but yeah for uh, for uh, if you want to work in is uh, drd or isro then uh, first of all uh, how to uh, how to enter in that i'm just mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah sure, uh, sure. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. right so there is uh, two to three ways of that right uh, first of all for engineering people right who are mm-hmm. doing their engineering then uh, one way one way for them is the gate examinations Yeah, mm-hmm. if you score if you score good in the gate examination, then you will get a chance to work in DRDO, right? Second one is the lateral entries, right? In which they uh, they will see your experience, right? It uh, gate score is not needed, but yeah, you mm-hmm. you should be you should be good in your technical knowledge as well as you have some good experience in the in this kind of aerospace field mm-hmm. or uh, any any field in which you are working, mm-hmm. right? DRDO is not only just aerospace; it has every branch mm-hmm. right so and the third one is the phd base right mm-hmm. if you have if you have phd then you can directly enter in the research form of drdo mm-hmm. right and if i am talking about the work culture of drdo so yeah working uh, working in drdo is not so easy right yeah. because you have to put tremendous effort mm-hmm. right so it, it is not like easy balancing life Mm-hmm. right when you uh, when you are working for your country and you are when you are working on this type of uh, extraordinary mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. right at the time at the time you have to give your 100% mm-hmm. so yeah it is not uh, i mean ac chair kind of job <laughs> yeah it is it, yeah it's not like other have, government yeah. jobs it's it's not like yes yes no jobs. definitely not mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. not yeah you don't have time to rest there uh-huh. definitely <laughs> So uh I think we've come to the end of our show we we did about around 40 45 minutes of our recording session uh thank you everybody for listening to the 
episode another episode of the wimper podcast we had watsal sorathia here missile engineer in the department of aerodynamics at drdo hyderabad uh, so do you have a message for our audience do you want to say something in the end watsal yeah i can say is <clears throat> whatever mm-hmm. i can say i can i want to say in a kind of if i am working in defense so yeah i want to mm-hmm. say in that perspective mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. if you have if you have some good capability and good knowledge then definitely work for country Mm-hmm. it will be it, it will be very huge help for our country right so mm-hmm. if you have some good knowledge capability or you can work then definitely work for country mm-hmm. yeah thank you very much thank you thank you for coming on the show uh hope you have hope everybody has a great day ahead whoever is listening to the show and uh, yeah bye bye